Coming to you from Annapolis, Maryland, home of the U.S. Naval Academy, the sailing capital of the world, home of the world's largest crab feast, and four signers of the Declaration of Independence. This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, a daily roundup of local news that you can use, including local sports, local events, local opinion, and local weather from DMV Weather. Now here's your host, publisher of Eye on Annapolis, John Frenet. Good morning. It's Thursday, June 7th, 2018. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. The Cavalry United Methodist Church in Annapolis is short $3,500 after they discovered that it was missing from a pastor's discretionary fund and used to pay personal bills. That particular fund was used to help people in need who are facing turnoff notices for utilities from BG&E. A spokesman from the church declined to comment other than to say that they are aware of who was responsible for the theft and referred additional questions to the Annapolis Police Department. Phil Davis from the Capitol has been following a federal lawsuit about Annapolis police officers arresting the wrong man back in 2014. Toey Sparrow claims that officers kicked him in the head, called him a racial slur when they detained him as a suspect in an armed assault. Ultimately, Sparrow was not the man, was released, and he has filed suit against the city and the police department. The police department denies the allegations, and late yesterday afternoon, the jury returned their verdict and exonerated the Annapolis City Police Department. A very sad warning from Maryland Secretary of State John Wobensmith. Please be wary of people soliciting funds to help Ellicott City in the wake of the floods. The secretary released a statement yesterday saying, In the aftermath of these devastating floods, scam artists may attempt to prey on your generosity and use all types of scams, frauds, and disruptive acts to line their own pockets. Be sure you know who you are giving to, and it's best to give directly to well-established charitable organizations. I would recommend you go to ionanapolis.net. Search for Ellicott City and the first result will be the information you need. And there are a few links to certified funds that will get the money where it needs to go. Yesterday morning, about 100 people showed up for the groundbreaking of IntegraCare's new Bay Village Assisted Living and Memory Care facility located on Bay Ridge Road in Annapolis. This is behind the new Starbucks. Annapolis Mayor Gavin Buckley, Maryland Secretary of the Department of Aging Rona Kramer, a representative from Anne Arundel County Executive Steve Shu, and even a representative from the Annapolis Neck Peninsula Federation all spoke and lauded the project. Representatives of the owners and developers somewhat chided the city, saying that it was a three-year process just to get here. <laughs> However, completion of the project is only expected to be 18 months, and that will be complete in the fall of 2019. 18% of Maryland students missed at least 10% of school last year. Baltimore Sun cites the State Department of Education data that says that the number jumps to around 37% for Baltimore City alone. The state hopes to address chronic absenteeism with a new accountability system created under the federal Every Student Succeeds Act. The new five-star rating system goes into effect in September and will base 15% of a school's grade on absentee rates. Critics say the new system is unfair to schools, which have little control over factors causing students to miss school, such as unreliable transportation. Chronic absentees include students who skip school or are sick, frequently suspended, or home caring for family members. Towson University's football team 
Just got a little bit of a bump, maybe. Tom Flacco, a walk-on at Rutgers and brother of Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco, is heading to Towson as a graduate transfer. The younger Flacco, who graduated in May, has two years of eligibility remaining and will be able to play right away. He started his college career at Western Michigan, transferred to Rutgers, got his degree, and now is heading to Towson. So fingers crossed for the Tigers. That's about it for the top news, and this morning cast is going to be a little bit longer because I do have a rant. It is Thursday, so of course it's time for Maker Minutes. And as always, we have George Young with your local DMV weather. So stay tuned for all of that, and we will see you tomorrow. When a ring from the United States Naval Academy comes into Zachary's for a center stone, it always makes us wonder, where's this one going? Where's this one been? A nuclear sub in the North Atlantic? A carrier deck in the South Pacific? The moon? 52 astronauts are Academy graduates. From Iwo Jima to Okinawa. Corregidor to the Coral Sea. Midway to the Persian Gulf. Congress to the White House. These rings go where America goes. 73 that went to war were awarded the Medal of Honor. But wherever they go... Wherever they may serve, our admiration goes with them. Zachary's. Online at Zachary'sJewelers.com. More than a jewelry store, a jeweler. This is Maryland. The weather can be nearly unpredictable. We've got George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis to sort it all out. Hey everyone, this is George with DMD Weather, and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Thursday, June 7th. Today will be another awesome weather day for Annapolis and all of Anne Arundel County with max sun, more light winds, and high temps in the mid to upper 70s with fairly low humidity once again. And more importantly, no rain in the forecast. Friday will be a warmer but very nice follow-up act with temps in the 80s, but then the area gets the dreaded stationary frontal boundary overhead again this weekend with a growing likelihood at this point of some scattered showers and thunderstorms with more clouds than sun, the expected outcome both Saturday and Sunday. The upside, temps will likely be upper 70s to mid 80s and not that cool chilly rain like we had all day Sunday. Okay, that's it for us today. This is George Young of DMV Weather. Make it a great day out there on this incredibly great Thursday across the region. And be sure to follow us anywhere, anytime, either on our website at dmvweather.com or on Facebook and Twitter, as well as on our app, which you can download for free by searching for DC MDVA Weather in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. But remember, whatever the weather outside, have fun and be safe. This is Trevor from Annapolis Makerspace with this week's Maker Minutes. Starting Monday and running all week is the National Week of Making. The Week of Making is an opportunity for individuals and communities throughout the U.S. to participate in making activities locally, celebrating the innovation, ingenuity, and creativity of makers. Makers are developing new solutions and products for pressing challenges, engaging students in hands-on interactive learning of STEM, arts, and design, and enabling individuals to learn new skills in fabrication and manufacturing. The maker movement is driven by engineers, hobbyists, tinkerers, crafters, artists, entrepreneurs, and innovators, and is changing the face of education, breathing new life and innovation into American manufacturing, and strengthening American communities. To celebrate the National Week of Making, the Capital Maker Fair in D.C. will be showing off what the maker movement is all about to people on Capitol Hill. It's Tuesday night in D.C., and it's primarily for Congress and congressional staff, but it's open to the public as well. 
Brookside Gardens in Wheaton has an ongoing Wings of Fancy live butterfly and caterpillar exhibit featuring hundreds of live butterflies from North America, Costa Rica, Africa, and Asia. Saturday at the Library in Deal is the monthly SoCo Grow Workshop. This month features wine bottle trellis upcycling. Turn empty wine bottles into a fun and functional trellis for your vining plants. Bring bottles in a drill if you have them. On Tuesday at the Odenton Library is Snap Circuits for elementary school children. Snap Circuits are electronic components that you connect together using built-in magnets. They're safe and fun for children of all ages and teach the fundamentals of how circuits and electronics work. Saturday at Unallocated Space in Severn is their community tech swap meet and garage sale, clearing out tech and maker stuff from their makerspace and raising a little money in the process. Also contact them if you have stuff of your own that you want to get rid of. Table space is available for a small donation. At Annapolis Makerspace tonight, we have Electronics with Tom, and also tonight will be the first in a series of four nights that our woodworking members get together and work on organizing the space. If you're interested in woodworking and want to meet other woodworking enthusiasts, come by and say hi. Also a reminder that Annapolis Makerspace moved a couple weeks ago. We're now in our new location at 2014 Renard Court, Unit C, just up the street from Annapolis Bowl and Annapolis Mall. And as always, you can catch me tonight and every Thursday night at Annapolis Makerspace on Renard Court for Electronics Night. I'll be posting links to these events on the Annapolis Makerspace website at makeannapolis.org sometime today. And whether you're making art, software, sawdust, or just a mess, chances are you're already a maker. This has been Trevor from Annapolis Makerspace with this week's Maker Minutes. They say opinions are like, here we are with a dose of opinion for you. On Monday, I wrote an editorial on Ion Annapolis that got some attention. Most of the readers supported it. City Hall did not. In fact, I got a call from one pissed off spokesperson telling me that the latest vision of City Dock was exactly what a group of 200 residents had wanted. Huh? I was confused. Six weeks ago, the concept looked like a concrete jungle on par with Union Station, complete with bus parking spaces and turnarounds. Monday's rendering looked more like a Caribbean beach resort. I thought it looked like sandals, with beaches, palm trees, chaise lounges, and little cabana boys running around serving pina coladas. All right, all right, I went a little too far on that last part, but you get the idea. So, about those 200 residents. The city spokesperson told me that the, now follow the money here, The drawings were done by the architect that was hired by the developer of the hotel based on input from a, quote, placemaker that was also hired by the architect who was hired by the developer of the hotel. Ah, yes, the Fred Kent tent party. Now, let me read what one participant said, and I'm going to quote this. Apparently, the mayor is suggesting that this new plan in the capital is the resulting plan derived from great public input via a placemaking workday led by urban planner Fred Kent. I was in that Saturday placemaking exercise. I led one of the groups. It was not a meeting where there was an opportunity for the full list of attendees to yay or nay the list of ideas. Each group was asked to go to a specific location and assess the positive and negative. Then, come up with ways that that specific location could be improved. Then, each group leader presented the ideas. There was no opportunity for a wider vote of support for any idea presented. It was presented as a working session to come up with initial thoughts. We got 30 minutes or so to assess and come up with our recommendations for our assigned location. Each group had 7 to 10 people in it. So please don't think this was an idea that garnered widespread support by a large group attending a planning meeting. Seven to ten people assessed and discussed each location, and not one group was asked to assess the parking lot. There was no meaningful public input that came up with the plan that the mayor is now presenting in this article. That is not what happened. Any attempt to represent this plan 
as one developed with public input, is disingenuous at best. Now, the Capitol ran an editorial and said thinks it's a grand idea to move forward with the MX designation in the zoning and cites how well that it worked for Midwest Street. Well, that area was blighted, and as our current mayor himself said many times on the campaign trail, it went from red light district to arts district. For the newbies in town, yes, it was replete with hookers. But that's not the case with downtown. First, there are viable businesses in the area that will be disrupted. Second, it's an historical area, which is one of the main draws of Annapolis. The Capitol says the mayor is only keeping his promises. Well, he also promised not to raise taxes. He's picking and choosing his promises to keep, and the Capitol seems okay not to call him out on some of them. I'm all for change. I'm even for change for change's sake. But as you look at this, you have to ask, is this Annapolis? Do we want man-made beaches and concession stands and boathouses right there on City Dock? On the campaign trail, he envisioned a park with a splash fountain. This rendition is nothing more than a grand facade to a six-story hotel. Yes, we have a CDMP, that's City Dock Master Plan, that should be followed. But this is not doing that. In fact, this is opening up a Pandora's box. Let's say we change the zoning to MX, and the hotel is built, and the height restriction changed. Well, that same developer owns the adjacent property that he is letting the city use for a cannery, an artist incubator, for lack of a better word. Once that height is changed, a precedent has been set. I've heard that the ultimate plan is for condos to go where the cannery will be once the mayor leaves office, whether that's in three and a half years or seven and a half years. And if this hotel is built, who's charged with maintaining the grand facade that we've created? You know, the boathouse, the chaise lounges, the fountains, the statues, the beaches. Will that fall on the city or will the hotel handle it? If it's the hotel, does that give the hotel some sort of legal squatter's right to the property? Who knows if there's maybe even a tax abatement or a tax deal worked into this whole program. This latest rendering is no way represents the desires of the residents of Annapolis. The mayor is rushing through this despite zero support from the council. But they are also known for political flip-flopping, so make sure you keep your eye out there and see who's changing their vote down the line. Many speculate that this is a diversion from the budget. Others suggest that it's a backroom deal with the developer. I couldn't tell you if either is true, but I can tell you that rushing is not the solution. That's not to say that we don't need to move forward, but we need to do it correctly, measured, and with great thought. One final thought, the boat show. But I've already exceeded way too much time on this one, and I'll talk about that in a couple days. And that's what's on my mind today. Thanks for listening to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief. If you like what you heard, make sure to tell your friends and colleagues about it. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find much more. Be sure to check out our other weekly podcast, The Maryland Crabs. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.